What up wankers and welcome to another episode of One Up Pod's Games Master Revisited, the show that takes a look back at every episode of the iconic video gaming TV series, Games Master. I am your host Andy and I am joined this week by Becky. Hello, I came back for my sins. <laughs> Are you excited to be back for another Games Master? I'm not sure excited is the word, but I'm here. So that's, that's the, the, that's the important thing. thing. <laughs> yeah, you didn't give up after one episode. Exactly, that's that's yeah. a win, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> so Games Master Series 1 Episode 5 is what we'll be talking about this week. It aired on the 4th of February 1992. And almost immediately, it opens with a wanking joke. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a pretty pretty rough one as well. Yeah. Dominic Diamond says, The show has caused more sprained wrists than the lovely Julia Roberts. Poor Julia alone. I don't know how I feel about this one. It was... It was Uncomfortable. Re- yeah. This was the first one that's actually, like... It's made me feel really icky in a way that... Like, the others were, like, comically icky, but this was actually, like... Oh, no, that's gross. <laughs> like, it's it's too specific, I think, and it's yeah. involving a real person. <laughs> exactly, yes. And, like, I mean, for one thing, dates it immediately. But also, yeah. oh, it's just really grim. And the fact he mentioned slot again just before. He says we've got like the 6.30 slot. And I can't remember how he put it. But it was just like, oh, no. <laughs> like, yeah, I, I've done a conscious effort just to avoid most of his slot comments at this point. Because it was like, <laughs> we, we went through like about 15 minutes of discussion last week on slots. So. We did. <laughs> There's a lot it's, of slot talk. But yeah. It's, yeah, it's it's rough and like i i well i'm not even i mean i was only 10 years old when this came out so i don't know if julia roberts was a popular choice <laughs> for young boys at the time it's like it's this that's not that kind of show we're not here to discuss the wanging habits of teenage boys in the 90s so no and chip's not here so we definitely won't be doing that <laughs> yeah i mean i can't comment on on that i was also three so yeah. you know nowhere near well out of your sphere of experience <laughs> yeah <laughs> It does also kind of suggest that their uh, target audience is a bit too cheap to buy just a regular porn mag. <laughs> so I didn't jack- think of it like that, but yeah. Just jacking off to rom-coms, apparently. Yeah, it's too early for late night Channel 5, so... Yeah, it's yeah. true. Yeah. I mean, it's Channel 4 in the 90s, so they probably had uh, Euro trash oh, at this yeah. point. <laughs> that, that was... Oh, yeah. Speaking oh. from experience, apparently. <laughs> I won't comment, Andy, don't I worry. outed myself there a little bit. I was a young boy. Fine. <laughs> anyway. On that note. So, Dominic introduces the Games Master as the man who put the round windows on play school. Whatever the fuck that means. Right, I'm, I'm glad you put... I didn't make a note of it, because I was like, I don't, I don't know what to say about that. Like, are the round windows... I felt like it was supposed to be an innuendo of some kind, but... Or is it just like, were the round windows the good ones? I don't know. I don't... I, I don't, don't know. Rem- I can't remember enough about play school, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, same. Like, I remember there were windows, and I remember Floella Benjamin, but that's about it. I don't know. I don't know. It's a bit of an abstract one, especially in the year 2022. I don't <laughs> know if it made sense at the time either, to be honest. But <laughs> People who were watching play school at that point, and we can remember what the significance of the round windows were, should should tell us. Yeah, because neither of us could be asked to research that. I no. just wrote it down and moved on <laughs> swiftly. There was no time for that sort of crap. <laughs> I will look up kickboxing manuals from the 90s, but I won't look up play school, something I already have experience with. <laughs> so the first challenge was uh, DuckTales. And yeah. this is a game that's come up several times on the show already. And 
every time I bring up the fact that DuckTales was bloody difficult. <laughs> and to his credit, so does Dominic Diamond in the episode. Yeah, they had to uh, complete the Himalayas level in 2.5 minutes. Mm. So they basically had to make it through the caverns to rescue Bubba the Frozen Caveman and then make it back to uh, Launchpad McQuack. Is it, was that his surname? I, I don't know. I'm I... guessing. He's a duck. So yeah, I mean, McQuack. it makes sense. Let's go with yeah. that. Yeah, Launchpad McQuack. <laughs> and then to, to get out in one piece. I was quite excited to watch this one. Yeah, I was too. And I really liked that the Games Master introduced it by a pun of Fit the Bill, which was just so wholesome Ooh. in comparison to all the other puns. So I had yeah, to I point didn't that spot out. That. Yeah. I was nice. like, oh, that's quite nice. Like that feels <laughs> that feels like on a level I can cope with. <laughs> that that feels like a pun that Sir Patrick Moore would make. Exactly. So, yeah. I feel like if he if he was sat in like a drawing room with like some brandy <laughs> in his hand, he'd make a joke like that and everyone would like chuckle sensibly. Yeah, exactly. And his monocle would wink slightly in the candlelight. <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense yeah i like yeah. that i'm really annoyed i didn't notice that i think i'm just i'm in this frame of mind where i'm only looking for dirty jokes yeah i'm I not mean, looking for like the, the witty ones i think mine was just like clinging desperately to something that wasn't an innuendo or dick related so that's fair yeah, yeah. <laughs> so our challenger came out it was um scott from manchester and he was a man of few words our young scott oh he was a lovely little cinnamon roll he was so cute. <laughs> he was it was adorable. Like he was very, very shy. Yeah. Like he answered every question from Dominic with just a, a yes. It was just he was only responding to prompts. It was just very <laughs> nervous and just excited and very small and just quite I, I was so endeared by this kid. It's yeah. like, oh finally, someone who's not like an absolute wankster. Who isn't gonna get corrupted. <laughs> like he's he's yeah, great. He's, he was very confident, and he was like, in terms of the game, he was, he was obviously very shy. Otherwise, but yeah, oh. he gave Dominic nothing to work with, so yes. Dominic could. Dominic just felt there was no way to make this awkward for the kid. Yeah. So like, at least he was aware enough to say, "Yeah, I can't do that to this poor little kid. Look at him; he's just a sweet little boy. He's just so lovely." <laughs> I was like, "Oh, bless him!" I just I saw a lot of myself in him. To be honest, I was very much that sort of kid mm. at, at, at like at that age. I was like just very shy and. <laughs> Just nervous about every encounter with an adult, I guess. Yes, <laughs> especially one like Dominic Diamond. Yeah, I, I wouldn't know what to do with him. <laughs> <laughs> so they, they moved to commentary. Julian Jazz Rignall was back, and Julian like almost immediately says, "Ducktales is not difficult." It's like fuck off, Julian. <laughs> Fucking show off. You're a grown man for starters. It wasn't designed for you. Yeah. You mulleted dick. <laughs> I love Julian Jazz Rignall. Like, I'm a big fan of all of his work in the games magazine industry from the 90s, but that line fucked me off. Like, I've been <laughs> saying constantly through this series that DuckTales is bloody difficult, and he just immediately like shrugs it off and says, it's not that hard, but this could be a tricky one in the time it's given. <laughs> it's, it's all right, though. Scott Andrew has the last laugh. Yeah. The game gets going. Scott's doing pretty well. I, d I didn't have that nervousness about me for some reason watching him. Like, at, the very, at least at the start, like, he seemed to know what he was doing. Yeah. He was, like, hitting his marks right because precision is just a big thing in DuckTales. So he, he was doing really well. And he looked really calm as well. He was just exuding, like, serenity while he was playing this game, which, like, I've played platformers and... You know, even when I've been doing well, I've never looked that calm. This kid had it locked down. He, he knew what he was doing. So apparently, Jazz just doesn't know the names of any of the nephews from <laughs> DuckTales. He just immediately just dismissed that. Like, I don't know the name of him. But, uh, like, Dom <laughs> Dominic was feeding him prompts and like, yeah. he just had nothing. Gave him nothing. 
And he, he said Huey, Dewey and Louie. So yeah, he it could was have like... just pulled a name out of his ass. It wouldn't yeah. have mattered. No one was going to fact check him. It was, just, it was he acting like he's too cool to know about cartoon characters. It's fucking DuckTales. Come on. Maybe that's why he didn't know it was difficult, because he's never actually played it. That could be it. So, yeah, <laughs> Scott is just absolutely bossing this stage. He's making all the right moves, hitting his jumps dead on. He finds an invincibility uh, token or something, and that helps him get through this sta- stage where there's like icicles falling from the ceiling. And, like, yeah, he's, he's just, just like, boom, 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 done. I was incredibly impressed. He finds Bubba, the, the frozen caveman, of course, with um, one minute and 20 seconds to go. So that's pretty good. Like, yeah. He's still got plenty of time. I love how excited Dominic Diamond got about finding Bubba. Like, he's found Bubba! <laughs> he's found Bubba! It's like, all right, okay, <laughs> dial it back. <laughs> yeah, it, it feels like the maybe the, in rehearsal they were playing it and Bubba just didn't ha- happen. Like, yeah. maybe the kid was failing or whoever was playing the game in place of the kid was just absolutely fucking it up and he never got to see Bubba, <laughs> so he was really happy to see Bubba. Just so psyched. <laughs> he was getting into it though like, i don't blame him i was very invested in this kid doing well oh yeah I me too want to see him upset so, <laughs> so like he makes his way back and he, he crosses the icicle section like without the invisibility invincibility token this time and just nails it yep like, as, like, as i thought he would yep complete boss so 60 seconds to go now and he's just he's clearing every obstacle perfectly and then he just he finds launch pad with 39 seconds to go wasn't I, even like close to being yeah. like wasn't, wasn't even a nail biter he just boom just done and yeah because i noticed dominic was trying to add some tension in because this kid was doing so well he was like oh it's gonna be tight and literally about two seconds after he said that the kid finished yeah. the level <laughs> it's like yeah oh no he's got it done that a million times <laughs> make it difficult next time yeah no big deal <laughs> So yeah, I was just really happy for him because, as I said, and fuck you again, Jazz, DuckTales (laughs) is a hard game. I just don't care what he thinks. It was hard. I mean, I've never played it, so I'll take your word for it. And I trust you more than Jazz at this stage. So, yeah. So yeah, Scott was like accepting his award. He was very bashful and very humble about his success. Like, he's still (laughs) limited responses to Dominic saying. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that was adorable. Video. It was so cute. And he his little so, mank accent as well. He was so excited. Like, just, <laughs> oh, it, I know that feeling, especially as a kid, like getting really into something and then just you, you feel like you're shaking from excitement. Yeah. I say that now, like beating a boss in Elden Ring or something still does oh, that to yeah. me. So it's like... <laughs> I could have run a mile after beating one of the bosses on Elden Ring. <laughs> like, I was that jazzed. We're all Scott at some point in our lives. <laughs> he, he, he is everyone. Yes. Like, and he's a good lad. And I'm really glad he got that Games Master Golden Joystick. It was well fucking deserved. Yeah, it was. Uh, <laughs> d- and then... <laughs> the good times ruined. can't last for long. <laughs> Done. <laughs> Dominic says he's sure Scott will have hours of enjoyment with that. He just could. I, I tried to let that slip by because it could have been. It could have come across as innocuous, like you know, yeah. it's a joystick. You play with a joystick. You yeah. could have just been bragging to his friends. But then, then, then he says, <laughs> as Scott's left. Thankfully, Scott's not here to hear this bit. He says, while Scott gets to grips with his large possession, <laughs> so so for one. That's completely on farm for Dominic to say. Yeah. For for two, it's not large. It's a joystick. <laughs> yeah, it's fairly average sized. <laughs> yeah, even relative to Scott's like small stature, it's 
not big. Mm. It's it's a joystick. Yeah. And and for another, I'm pretty sure he's made that joke before, or a variation on that joke. Yeah, definitely something similar. I mean, there's only so much mileage you can get out of joystick and wanking jokes, surely. I definitely feel like he's done that joke in another episode. I didn't check back. Didn't yeah. really have time, but I'm almost certain he said something like that as the kid was walking away yeah. about them manhandling their possession or their prize or their yeah. Some, something. Yeah. I mean, it still made me spit coffee everywhere. So, because <laughs> I think, because the DuckTales bit had been relatively wholesome, my guard was down. Um, yeah. Yeah. So there was <laughs> several splatters of coffee all over my coffee table. And I was like, God damn it, Dominic. <laughs> I, I was so sure he was just going to let it pass because the kid was such a little sweetheart. I like, know. And DuckTales, it was such a nice time for everybody. But yeah. no, he, <laughs> it's like, he'd no, gone I too long Im- without saying it. Yeah, I must immediately undercut all of this cuteness with that. To, and to be fair, I, I undercut a very... I remember my Final Fantasy VII episode where I undercut a really nice moment. We're talking about sexy Waluigi, so... <laughs> I yeah. feel like there's, there's too much of Dominic in me. Maybe I didn't realise it before <laughs> this. It's, I'm seeing too much of myself in him now. I think you deploy it better, though. His is too... Like, it has to be undercut. You you know when a moment of sin- sincerity needs an undercut. He just does it anyway. I think yeah, that's the difference. Yeah, um, he's got that Channel 4 brain where it's just... Yes. You can't be sincere for too long. You need to have some sort of like irreverence to you. Yes. Kind of smut or something. Yeah. <laughs> They can't just they can't just be in the moment and be sincere. Mm. No. <laughs> so <sighs> we nearly had it. We nearly had it. <laughs> so close. And that means we're on to the reviews next. And the theme for this week was funk, which was a weird theme. So <laughs> I feel like that was a bit of a desperate one. I rewound it because I was like, "Sorry, what?" And like. <laughs> Clearly, like, they can't already be, like, having issues with themes. Like, they kind of... We're only five episodes in. They can't be running out. And also, I know we'll probably get onto this, but only one of the games had any recognisable funk to it. (laughs) So, I feel like this was plucked out of their arse somewhat. Yeah. (laughs) I didn't make a note of that, but, like, as I was going... As I'm thinking back on all three games, like, I was like, funk? Yeah. I could see it initially yeah but there was a funky theme tune to that first one and yeah, then the rest but... are just games <laughs> yeah they're just games <laughs> they just happen to be games they had so you know no one's going to question this yeah. it's going to take them 30 years to notice this <laughs> be fine. yeah they probably so... didn't anticipate us being like excuse me we have questions about your theming yeah what, what's going on here <laughs> so first up was toe jam and earl on the mega drive and this was the funky one, I guess. Yep. Funky tunes. Dominic described this as the video game world's equivalent to Bill and Ted. Yeah. Weird. Yeah. Because <laughs> it didn't look very... Yeah, I... nothing about this was Bill and Ted to me. Other than two two characters <laughs> being laid back seemed to be the, the like what he was after. I don't know. I'm, I'm not sure Dominic's seen Bill and Ted. I don't know if Toji Amanola stoned at all. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. And also... Bill and Ted had video games themselves. Yeah. Yeah. So one of one of them was for the, the NES, and it fucking sucked. <laughs> I wrote about that on the website for our uh, every LJN game ranked list. You did. No one should aspire to be like Bill and Ted in video games based <laughs> on that. It's uh, 
I know that's not what he's getting at, but I just have, I've got a lot of anger towards that game now that I've been forced to play it. Yeah, or forced no, myself to play it. I was so I just say, needed to we, get that off my chest. I, I just I'd like to point out to the audience that this was entirely Andy's idea playing that game. We had nothing to do with it. Yeah, nobody tells me what to do. I just do it to myself. <laughs> <laughs> and I have to live with that. You do. So do we. <laughs> yeah. So let's move on to the critics, because like, not, not my mistakes. Uh, so first up, we have Mark Smith for Club Nintendo, and he's here crossing the picket line to review a Sega game. He said it looks great, it's great sound, and it seems like it'd be especially appealing to 12-year-olds. Next is Alistair McKinley, who appears to be an actual 12-year-old. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he repeats Mark's belief that it looks and sounds great, but he says it's lacking in the gameplay department. So, not appealing to 12-year-olds, no. apparently. <laughs> and then next was Paul Lakin of yeah. GameZone. Yeah. Oh, Paul. He said, good fun for a while. Slickly produced, but not a lot of game there. Sounded like he just couldn't be asked. I so my note is put some fucking effort in, Paul. <laughs> like, <laughs> anything he said meant nothing. Does that make sense? I don't know how to do words anymore. It made total sense. Everything he said was just so lethargic and uncommitted, and it's just it wasn't really analysis. It was just no. kind of dismissive remarks, like kind of piffy comments that don't amount to much. Yeah. Like he, it's like he wanted a pull quote, but without, you know, actually putting the effort in of writing something pull quote worthy. You need a bit of thought and a bit of sincerity in what you're doing. Otherwise, I'm just going to get fucked off with everything you do. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because, you know, how how do we know when to take you seriously? Yeah. Now, I, I remember Tor Jaminil, but I never bought it or even bothered to download an emulator to play it in later life. Because just looking at it, it's hard to tell what the fuck's going on in that game. Like, the graphics are cool, but there's no comprehension of what the game is. No. And I found it, it reminded me of the E.T. game a bit. Oh, no. Yeah, it just looked really, like, blocky and shit. (laughs) Like, all the colours kind of blended and, yeah. Yeah, I I couldn't get what was going on. It's an alien walking around a weird lawn. Yeah. That's, so yeah, I see. I can see it now, and I, I'm even madder at Tor Jaminil now. <laughs> just reminded me of that game. Sorry. <laughs> That's okay. So yeah, despite all that, Tor Jaminil got a seventy percent. Yeah, that can... seems fair. Uh, yeah, I maybe guess. a bit more fair. Like yeah. because they're all saying the gameplay was a bit. It looked good, but the gameplay was kind of shit. Yeah. So did... Are they just really putting a lot of stock in the presentation? And also, what makes this seventy percent, and then? What was the point and click one from last time? Sixty eight percent was it? Yeah. Like Yeah, it was one what? off sixty nine, yeah. Yeah. What's the two percent? <sighs> Don't get me started on that shit. Nice. Maybe the music was just funk maybe they just like the funk. Yeah, music. it's the funky. <laughs> The, the next game was Top Banana for the Amiga. Oh, talk about visual vomit. Oh, my God. Oh, Christ, yeah. I didn't know what the fuck was going on with <laughs> this game. It took me a few seconds to work out it was a platform game. I, I was like, same. What the hell? I was like looking at it like, what the? <laughs> it's a recognisable genre, yet it still made less visual sense than Toe Jam and Earl, which <laughs> is a game that I had no idea what it was. Yeah, I'm glad I'm not the only one. <laughs> yeah, I, I, did, I did some basic research on Top Banana, and I found out that used uncompressed sprites for the visual so gamers could like access the files and edit them as they see fit. Oh no. They were going for some sort of like nineties anarchistic uh, information is for everyone thing like yeah. in a video game. And what I really think it means is they just wanted someone else to do all the work for yeah. them. 
<laughs> they couldn't be asked. Because this looked fucking shit. Like, Awful. Like you said, just a mess. It looked like the sprites were shitty looking. The backdrops just made no sense. You couldn't make out the platforms. Like, it's no. like between the characters and the backdrop. I just, my eyes just could not adjust to what was going on. It was so bad. I, I checked some screenshots of the game afterwards to see if it was just the lousy compression on the episode we watched, but no. no. Apparently cleaned up, it's even worse. <laughs> Jesus. It looks like someone like threw up into a blocked toilet. It's fucking <laughs> terrible. But pixelated. <laughs> like the smell burned your eyes or something, I don't know. <laughs> So, so uh, anyway, Mark Smith said the graphics are superb, but that doesn't get, make the game fun to play. That's what? Yeah. Superb. Mark, dude, come it, on. <laughs> this is 1992. So, Sonic the Hedgehog 2 came out this year. Street Fighter 2 came out the year before, and this is what you call superb. Mm. Are you fucking insane? <laughs> Questioning your judgment, Mark. Alistair, he said the game is environmental. And at first I thought he meant the game had environments, <laughs> but that made no sense. So while, while in my research, I realized the game was going for an, an environmental message. Oh. And it used uh, recycled materials for the packaging, but not a single thing of that is clear in this no. review. And the kid made no effort to make that clear, <laughs> but he's not a professional critic. So yeah, I'm can... just going to let him let slide because, you know. <laughs> we can let the 12 year old off. Whereas Paul Lakin said, seen it all before, really. Thanks, Paul. That's fucking useless, isn't it? Seen what all before? Tell us something. Just make a fucking <laughs> effort, Paul. Like, that young lad that was on before you, he's, like, absolutely showing you up here with his analysis. Like, you get paid for this shit. If you can't be asked to do your job properly, just don't show up at all. Agreed. Agreed. Why do I sound like I'm firing him right now? <laughs> <laughs> he should be fired. That was a terrible... Li- Even if a bite-sized review should say something. Like everyone else has before, tried. Really. At least it wasn't Jeremy. Oh, I think he might have annoyed me more than Jeremy. Jeremy, I, I didn't have your specific experiences with Jeremy's, but Paul Lakin's <laughs> just annoying me as, as a critic. Yeah, that's fair. With all that said, Top Banana got 65%. Which is bollocks. Don't know why, how. Not even, It wasn't even good visually. Yeah, he got 65%. <laughs> so, also, what was funky about it? <laughs> nothing funky. Not a damn thing. Couldn't make out a single funky tune. Absolute nonsense. <laughs> The final game was uh, Bart Simpson's Escape from Camp Deadly. Again, not funky. No. Bart's not a funky character. He is. He might be cool, might be a bit radical, but it's not funky. funky. That's a yeah. specific kind of cool funky. I had Bart Simpson's Escape from Camp Deadly on the Game Boy. I was a full-on Simpsons maniac from like day one, even before the show was actually funny. That's how dedicated <laughs> I was. <laughs> I, I bought into the Bart Simpson hype big time. I had like do the Batman, all like all that stuff. All the classics. I, I was really into it before I grew up and realised Homer and Marge are actually the funniest characters on the show. <laughs> so anyway, um, Bart Simpson's Escape from Camp Deadly. It's another platformer. It's because that's what most games were in the 90s, apparently. <laughs> so a 10-year-old me and Alistair were obviously of like minds because he said it was a wonderful game, graphically and musically, and then said nothing about the gameplay. <laughs> because it wasn't actually that good, but... We were, we're such big Simpsons fans, we're just going to let that slide because yeah. it looks a bit like The Simpsons and we get to play as Bart causing trouble. That's that's the that was what it sums up to, really. Yeah. It, it it's, it's a fine game. It's not the worst Simpsons game in the world, but it's not even like... By the standards of Simpsons games and by Game Boy platformers, it was middling. 
mm. at best. So I'm getting a bit off topic here, but yeah, <laughs> he's a kid, so I'm, I'm going to let all this shit slide because he's this good. If he likes Bart Simpson, good on him. Like he's got yeah. something he likes. So you know, I was doing the same thing at his age. And then Paul, Paul's back. He says nothing particularly outstanding or new, but says it's good fun and won't disappoint fans of The Simpsons. Like finally, Paul, you said yeah. something at last. An actual meaningful sentence. Well you done. Fucking Paul. showed up. Well done. Yeah. You Only don't get a gold free star. <laughs> So, 89% for Bart Simpson's Escape from Camp Deadly, yeah. which is honestly fucking bonkers to me. <laughs> I feel like <laughs> Alistair really weighted that one down. Like, he's like, he, he must have given it, like, a perfect score or something. Yeah. There's no way that should be getting 89%. <laughs> well, at least... No, I have no at least. I was like, at least it makes more sense, but uh, no, it doesn't. It makes more sense than Top Banana, but... Like, less sense than Tor Jam and Earl, I guess. Yeah. It's, <laughs> yeah. it's kind of... A, it's a confusing week for reviews for me. <laughs> Next up is the preview section. And we had one of these back in episode three, and me and Chip agreed it was a cool addition to the show, like, getting to actually see what a new game looks and feels like, which, mm. you know, because you don't get that sense from just reading a magazine. So this is something cool that Games Master was giving to the consumer. And this week's preview is the Chaos Engine from the iconic Bitmap Brothers. Graham Boxall of Renegade Games, the publisher of uh, Chaos Engine, was here to discuss the new release. He says it's uh, set in the Victorian era and there's six characters you can play. You control one of them and you're joined by two computer-controlled companions. And it seemed to boast some uh, rudimentary AI. They all had their own attributes so they could behave independently of the player. A lot, a lot of the time they would just follow them around and shoot at things when the player was shooting. And it was boasting uh, combining arcade shooters with RPGs, which was, at the time, a pretty new concept, or a new concept entirely, really. Mm. So that that's one of the things I love about the 90s. Like, developers just swung for the fences of ideas even if they had no idea if it was going to work <laughs> yeah it was the same thing in the 80s like before the market crash like, there was a fearlessness to how games designers approached things like they didn't know if something was going to work but they were going to try which i like yeah you don't get a lot of that now like you might get it like some of it like flashes of it in the indie scene but you don't get it on the scale of like like the big publishers and no, developers you... like the bitmap brothers who were a big deal at the time yeah you'd never see that kind of swing for the fences approach in a a triple a not now too much money yeah I, I, and i love a lot of triple a games but yeah they're not known for their innovation they're just you're looking for polish mm. like you're polishing a concept that someone's already tested out that's what yeah. you're getting yeah that, and that's just what you're paying for really and that that was another thing the price point for the chaos engine is 25 pounds 99 pence mm. which was uh pretty cheap at the time of release but when you look at it adjusted for inflation it uh cost 64 pounds oh blimey yeah so imagine how much a console game cost because there were some super nintendo games at the time that were cost 60 pounds Oof. and I'm not even, i didn't even bother looking up but yeah. i can imagine it's in the hundreds at this yeah point. it's like fucking hell I, I would not have spent that much money on fucking rise of the robots that's for sure <laughs> I do have to question their knowledge of the Victorian era, though, because it did not look very Victorian. And I, yeah, like, I was like, I was looking at it like, is that the game that he's talking about? Because what? <laughs> like, it just looked very generic, like shoot 'em up setting. And also, I didn't think the guy was very enthusiastic about the game. I don't know whether it was his delivery or if it was actually how he felt. 
but I was like, yeah. come on, dude, this is your chance to sell it. <laughs> yeah, I think that's just him because like he's he's he works for the publisher. He's not mm. like a PR person. This was before video game PR became yeah. like a massive industry of its own. Okay. He was just like he didn't seem particularly comfortable on camera because no. it. It's a new Bitmap Brothers game. That that is an excite. That was an exciting thing. Like at the time, they, they were like one of the best developers for the home computer market. Mm. So he, someone could have sold this game. And I, I, at the time, I was really excited about getting to play Chaos Engine. Mm. I never really, I never got to as a kid because I didn't have an Amiga, and my friend that had one didn't buy it. God it's, damn it's it, hard friend! To, <laughs> it's hard to get a friend to like, sp- like you know, spend twenty five ninety nine on a, a game. So, <laughs> Just for you? Yeah. <laughs> I can understand that. That's fair enough. Oh, yeah. Before this section was over, Dominic reminded the viewers about their kickoff to Golden Goal competition. And I wrote down, when the fuck did this happen? Thank you. I don't I don't remember this being announced. <laughs> no, I, I wrote, have we heard about the Golden Goal competition before? <laughs> like... So what I'm guessing is it's part of their fan club, which they, they talk about at the end of the show, like after the credits which we've never really talked about because I usually turn it off before the credits are done. Yeah. <laughs> it's not a Marvel movie. I'm not sticking around to the fucking end. So I'm thinking that might have been where it came up. And now they're obviously not getting a lot of attention from it because the fan club's probably not as big as their viewership. Yeah. But they better remind people, like, hey, if you played Kickoff 2, please join our thing. I'm glad it wasn't so, just me. I was like... Yeah. I, I felt, am I having a stroke? What's yeah. going on here? Like, <laughs> I had that exact thought, like... Am I hallucinating? What? <laughs> Apparently, players need to send in footage of their best goals. Uh, Dominic described it as like a Gaza free kick or a Mark Hughes volley, which yeah. is good because my, my cultural knowledge of football ended sometime around this point in history. <laughs> so it was nice to hear some names I recognised. Uh, just Gaza for me. I was like, yeah, I don't Gaza. <laughs> cool. <laughs> there we go. I've, that's one of them. Yeah. Yeah, they said they'll choose the winner at the end of the series and they will receive two tickets to the Rumbleos Cup final. And for those too young to remember, Rumbleos was an electronics retailer that went out of business in 1995. (laughs) (laughs) The Rumbleos Cup was um, the sponsor-friendly name for the Football League Cup, which I don't know if that's a thing anymore, because again, I stopped watching football (laughs) sometime around the mid-90s. Uh, I feel like I Chip would have a better handle on this than us. <laughs> yeah, Chip Chip can tell us like next time he's on. Uh, <laughs> so the 1992 final was apparently between Man United and Nottingham Forest. And oh. Man U won 1-0 thanks to a Brian McClare goal in the 14th minute. Wow. So nobody can accuse me of not doing any fucking research. <laughs> I'm impressed. I did I absolutely always do it. no research. <laughs> <laughs> I won't look up fucking player school's windows, but I'll look up some... <laughs> Cup final results for no reason at all. It offered nothing of value to this section. I just thought I would do it. So there we go. Well, I hope the winner enjoyed their cup final. Next up was our celebrity challenge. Oh, God. This was an interesting one. So, by interesting. Yeah. It's a choice. It's a word choice. The game itself is jimmy white's whirlwind snooker whirlwind i know it's his nickname but it should not have been described used to describe a snooker game this is this weird period in the 90s where you had darts players and fucking snooker players as like big time celebrities <laughs> everybody knew their names and they were getting video games based on them and shit like that it's like who who would no one would ask for this in the, like today no no one would be, be making a snooker game based no. on whoever the top star of the sport is these days I don't even know, like, 
any stars after the 90s stuff. Yeah, and that exactly. was just because of it's, Pop Black. <laughs> like, it's a, such a weird point in culture, and I think it's a specifically British thing. Yeah. When we were elevating these weird pub games <laughs> into like, <laughs> the cultural sphere. It's like, why? <laughs> and furthermore, um, Games Master said, let's retire to the billiard room. But at first I thought he said, let's return to the billiard room. And once again, I thought I was having a fucking stroke. Because <laughs> I was like, when did we... When did we start in the billiard room? Why does a church have a billiards room? <laughs> it's like, did we have a snooker challenge before? That my notes are like, have we? And like, another line, have we? It's like, when? <laughs> like, now I was thinking, does he think tennis is snooker? He doesn't know what kickboxing is. So maybe. Oh my God, I would watch kickboxing snooker. That's another thing that feels like it would have been done on Channel 4. Yeah. Or Channel 5, like just oh, yeah. nobody would know it existed. <laughs> so yeah, I re- rewound the video and I realised what he'd said. I, I calmed down at that point. <laughs> I wasn't going insane. Yet. Uh, yes. So, never want to break format. Games Master once again brings out a sports star. Obviously, you probably could guess from the <laughs> fucking name of the game. It's Jimmy White. Who, yeah, just burst on with just such a personality. Yeah, so, you know, this this is another one of those things like, at least, uh, I can't remember the fucking name of the darts player last week. Oh, Eric Bristow. Eric Bristow, that's it. At least he's got a bit of, you know, your cheeky, chappy charm about him. Yeah. Jimmy White just seems like he just can't be asked. Yeah. <laughs> He's got the paycheck for the game. So, yeah. So each contestant has 90 seconds to score the most points. And at first, like, you're thinking, okay, so Jimmy White's going to be playing against a, a kid. Like, that sounds kind of cool. No? Nope. No. <laughs> Actually, Jimmy White's just going to stand on commentary and talk some shite about snooker. The actual person competing with the kid is Archer McLean who is the game programmer for the Jimmy White games. That seems so fucking bullshit to me. I know. That's not fair at all. Not at all. Not at all. That's fucking... That's like challenge, like some kid who's never really played fucking Street Fighter 2 playing against the person who made Street Fighter 2. Yeah. It was It was so... And the kid was like the national champion of the snooker game or something. I don't know. I, I yeah. I really struggle to concentrate on anything that's related to snooker. It's like my brain shuts down out of self-preservation. I think he was a champion of something. <laughs> yeah, he was. It was uh, Christian Price from Nottingham. He was the national champion for Jimmy White's whirlwind snooker. I had to look into this because there was a previous challenge with Sonic Blast Man where they said the guy that was on it was the national champion. And I googled this, get that kid's name and the game itself and there's just no evidence of there being a national <laughs> championship for that. I was like, right, so they're just kind of making this shit up to make Sonic Blast Man sound interesting because usually there's like, there's evidence of these things. Like yeah. a lot of the awards bodies keep like stringent records for this stuff. Twin Galaxies and other awards bodies, they, they just love to keep records dating back decades. Nothing about Sonic Blast Man. Whereas with this, I did actually find proof that it existed. Oh, nice. Virgin Games were the publisher for Jimmy White's Whirlwind Snooker and they held a tournament in their Virgin Stars. Because there was a time where Virgin had shops like everywhere, <laughs> yeah, and they were doing the, they were doing like regional heats in the Virgin Stars, and then the winner would go on to play Archer McLean. It's hard to tell how many people competed in this tournament because I can't imagine there's a big rush for kids to play a snooker game based about Jimmy White, but <laughs> but Christian did. He got there. He's on Games Master. Good for him. He fancies his chances and he thinks he can win, but he's another relatively shy kid. He is 
he's exclusively answering prompts with short answers. Yeah. It's just a very different energy to the contestants this week. Yeah, I feel like everyone's making Dominic work really hard this week. Like even like even Jimmy White and Archie McLean are like barely there. <laughs> so Jimmy is in commentary and he's asked who he thinks will win, and he says eh. <laughs> he says he's not sure, <laughs> but he thinks he fancies the kid. <laughs> And I thought, right, first of all, I commend Dominic for letting that one go. Yeah. <laughs> I did not. So, I wrote, Jimmy, in capital letters. Yeah, I was like, okay. I was like, I was like yeah, that, that's a harmless comment in itself because it makes sense in larger context. But imagine the hellfire you could unleash on Twitter oh if you God. just released that clip without the context attached. <laughs> You'd never get it on screen now, that line. No. It just wouldn't happen, especially by a man called Jimmy. Couldn't be done. Couldn't be done. (laughs) (laughs) So Christian was out first. Jimmy's advice was to get into a good position. Yep. Which to me is not good advice. No. (laughs) (laughs) Because you can't really determine a good position on the game unless you know how to hit the balls right. And he gave that kid nothing. Nope. Not a clue. I guess maybe if you reach the level of success that Jimmy White did, like the intricacies of the sport are just kind of second nature and you don't really... You just kind of do them. You're yeah. not thinking too hard about them. So I can kind of grasp how you wouldn't think to give better advice, but I, I just know personally that would be fucking useless for me. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's like if it's if it's entirely based on just finding a good position, like that just seems like the game's governed entirely by luck. Yeah. So so how are you supposed to begin reach his level of success in a game that's just entirely luck? <laughs> Is it the witchcraft skill, or magnets? <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Give us something, Jimmy. Let us in. We're not, we're not going to compete against you. It's a fucking game show. Just come on. So as the, as the game begins, Dominic says, chalk your cue and get ready to pop those balls, which, fine. It it's, it makes sense. It's what you do before a game, like yeah. during a game of snooker. It's hard to, hard to find fault with it, but th- this show has damaged me psych- <laughs> psychically to such a massive extent. I was looking back on it saying, there's something here, isn't there? There must but be. He does really overemphasize balls as he a does. word right at the very end. He does very little with Q. I feel yeah. like he could have tried harder on Q, but yeah, yeah he was going for balls big time. <laughs> so <laughs> he was going for balls big time. Yeah. <laughs> oh, excuse me, sir. That's Cr- a good Christian. Uh, yeah, <laughs> Christian. He, he pops a black. Uh, Jimmy notes that he took a bit too long doing that, and then that was interesting. Like he was. I guess that makes sense, yeah. Jim, Jimmy's yep. probably very good at potting balls pretty quick. Uh, Christian pots a pink. Uh, then I noted that the chalking sound effect is very upsetting. Yes. Yes, I did it, not it, like that. It sounded kind of like somebody was trying to squeeze into a PVC onesie, like without <laughs> talcum powder or anything like that. It's just a really horrible sound. Really upsetting. Oh, no. I just noted it didn't sound very nice. <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah, no! I was, I was trying to work out why it was upsetting me, and that's what I landed on. Fair. So yeah, he got another pink, and he got a screw back, whatever that meant. And eventually, I worked out what he meant. It meant like the ball—you knock the ball backwards. The white ball goes backwards far enough to land into a decent position. That's what we want to know, Jimmy. Come on. Oh, I def—I think I definitely blanked out so much of this section. Yeah. <laughs> Just glazed over. Christian misses the next shot but rebounds and lands a hole behind him, which is interesting. He starts like knocking balls left and right, but he is taking his time with each hit, which was being noted. Mm-hmm. By the end of the challenge, uh, he had 31 points to his name. So Archer was up next. He gets like a clean pot straight away, wasting no time. 
he's just he's making smooth calm hits each time and and then with 30 seconds left he's equaled christian and pops one more ball and challenge over he's won and i'm glad that they ended it there and didn't just let him keep potting for the remainder of the time (laughs) just like really rubbing it in christian's face yeah because he just fucking scored that kid (laughs) yeah you're pretty good but i i made this game so i i'm obviously miles better than you and I, I feel like he could have gone a bit easier on the kid. Like, yeah, it's a bit shitty to prove. Who are you proving anything to at this yeah. point? Jimmy White? Like, he's not going to care. Yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah. And also, yeah. in terms of punditry, Jimmy White's not career material. <sighs> so, uh, Christian seemed pretty good. I like. He, he, knows, yeah. he acknowledges that he was too slow. Yeah. I felt bad for him because he wasn't cocky. He'd, do- he'd obviously worked hard to get here. He'd fought tooth and nail he put in the work yeah and it, it's just just not fair that he had to lose to the cunt who designed the game that's just <laughs> not right no. like, at least with jimmy white you'd have a fighting chance yeah exactly it, it felt really mean yeah i felt bad for him like dominic seemed subdued again and he had so many chat times like he could have made jokes about balls and holes and like handling <laughs> sticks and he didn't take a single one of them I really know. I can only assume that, like, the lack of energy from any of the contestants and Jimmy White just wore him down. He was just yeah, like, it, I'm it's, getting it's snooker. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> snooker just saps your spirit after a while. Like, I don't know how anyone sits through it. That's why people drink so much watching it. <laughs> yeah. And worst of all, Archer got a golden joystick. I feel like that's not right. Why should he yeah. get a golden, golden joystick? He, he's, he designed the fucking game. I, of course he's going to be good at it. What's he proving? Again, bullshit bullshit just absolute yeah. bullshit bad decisions all around and <laughs> even the trick shot that they do with jimmy white at the end is boring yeah i was looking at it, i was like what is this why, why am i supposed to care yeah <laughs> and like he's explaining and he just... it and i'm like <laughs> and they just did it with like absolutely no effort oh he knew exactly how to do it yeah i feel like they've, they've rehearsed this like i know he's obviously like good at trick shots but i feel like they rehearsed this yeah like so they could make him look good and the game look good because otherwise you know they're there to sell the game as well as like do competitions and stuff so they had to make sure it was like this is just like the real thing watch jimmy white do one of his famous trick shots it looks so i don't care (laughs) even as a kid i would not have paid to play this game no absolutely not (laughs) (sighs) And to wrap up this section, Dominic turns to the camera, like after so much restraint during this section, and says, "While I pot a few pinks with Jimmy." Yep. <laughs> it wasn't about the dicks, to be fair, at least this time. So. But it, it was. They were in the same area. I yeah. Guess, but he's he's diversifying. <laughs> and now it's time for the consultation zone and. Um, I always enjoy these ones. Yep. You'll note that none of us have mentioned butt plugs so far. And I have I have it in my notes. There were definitely, oh, there was like, there was... Yeah, there I, I definitely plugs. saw them, but I, I made yeah. a concerted effort not to write about them. <laughs> no, I just, <laughs> I, I, yeah. They are, they're what? just sporadic butt plugs in my notes. <laughs> yeah, if it came up at an inappropriate time, I might mention it, but I didn't notice that. No, not this time. First up in front of the Games Master was a lad looking for help in Spider-Man. He just says Spider-Man, but I, I know personally <laughs> that this was Spider-Man versus the Kingpin on the Mega Drive. He wasn't... I'm not, I don't mean to let school the kid on that, but... No, you won't. This kid needs schooling. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> this kid didn't figure out that he couldn't attack a forklift truck. Oh, my God. He was complaining about getting rammed constantly <laughs> by a forklift. 
yeah, it's another one of those cases where it's a pretty obvious solution if you just think about it for five seconds. Like, yep. He's Spider-Man. He jumps over things, jump behind him, hit him from behind. Yeah. Using the webbing. Definitely don't punch him because I feel like he might jump behind him and try to punch him yeah. in the back of the head. No, don't no. do that. <laughs> so I can understand my games master was a bit dismissive of this kid. Yeah. Like, oh, it's very simple, of course. Like, I just want to know what the fuck he was trying to do before this. I like, know. What, were you just, just like, jumping? Running at the there? forklift oh. truck. <laughs> <laughs> Leroy Jenkins. <laughs> I am glad this section is continuing the theme of male gamers being utterly incompetent, though. It really yeah, just, it warms my heart. <laughs> they, they try to brute force it. Like, <laughs> yeah, no thinking. Kids seem stupid back in the 90s. Yeah, male male kids. All, all, <laughs> yeah, male of kids. The, all of the female gamers that have been on so far have had complex problems to solve. Yeah, they've been like abstract things, or they've been actual cheats where you, you're not going to naturally stumble upon it. Exactly. This guy can't figure out that running at a forklift truck isn't a good idea. Like, come yeah. on. <laughs> After getting the solution from Games Master, he says, oh, great, thanks, bye. And it just <laughs> felt like it was just dripping in sarcasm, even if it wasn't supposed to be. It's like, it's not Games Master's fault you didn't know how to do this. So <laughs> move along. Next up was a lad in a Letterman jacket, which was fucking weird. Yeah. In the UK. <laughs> so uh, he was looking for help in level three of the Turtles. So it's another kid looking for help in turtles like so this is i know this is notoriously a difficult game uh, he was looking for help uh, crossing a gap in in the level and the solution <laughs> is apparently just to walk over it yeah because it's a very tiny gap yeah although <laughs> I, I will give him this turtles was notoriously like quite poorly designed like mm. that you'd think if you see a gap you're gonna think i should have to jump over this gap like if it's if it's something you're just gonna walk across it shouldn't be a gap yeah like your, your mind is going to tell you to jump i get and, that like, it, if he was playing the dos game as well there was a whole thing with that where it was ported so poorly that it was impossible to complete without like playing it wrong basically <laughs> so like I'm, I'm more inclined to put the blame on the turtles again because it was an absolute asshole but again like he could have at least tried yeah that's that's my thing is like there are solutions that you can just figure out Rather than yeah, going, just, oh, I can't just, do it. Just give it a try. Like, just jump over that forklift. Just walk over the gap. Just, yeah. Just, just do this. Experiment. Use yeah. your imagination. Next was a, a full-grown man with, like, a mortgage and everything. He was on... <laughs> he said his son gave him Shadow of the Beast 2, and he's stuck, just in general. Yeah, he just he know can't what to get do. anywhere. So this, this was actually a cheat rather than just a strategy. So he had to go to the right and talk to a pygmy and type 10 pints to gain invincibility. And that's, that's, that was a weird sentence for me to type. <laughs> Tell a pygmy 10 pints to gain invincibility. As you do. Common sense solutions, man. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Think laterally. <laughs> I hope he feels embarrassed. His kid's like, ah, dad, you stupid twat. <laughs> I don't think there's been a, a man that old. No. The, someone with a son. <laughs> like, that's, it's a rarity at this point in gaming culture to see like a dad doing this stuff. Yeah. Weird. For the final challenge, we cut to Dominic shot from a quite alarming angle. <laughs> he's, he's like peering through like the the ornate design of like a balcony. Like it's quite starkly lit. His face is like bright through this weird shape. It just looks quite alarming. Like a weird Dutch angle sort of thing. Yeah. Very upsetting. It reminded me of like a um Giallo film or something like that where it's just like all harsh angles. <laughs> like yeah, he's about to really like just... launch himself from the ceiling and attack some poor child. 
So uh, Dominic cuts to the games master and <laughs> I had to, I'm I had, already laughing. I had to double check I wasn't hallucinating when I, I wrote this about this thing. It was the game was Neighbours. The, 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 the beloved Australian soap opera that was on the BBC for a while and like Channel 5 and it's recently been revived to come back on Amazon. Yeah. Freebie, I think, on Amazon, yeah. Launchpad for several Australian stars and the retirement home for many less talented ones. It's <laughs> It got a game, game. apparently. <laughs> it had a game. <laughs> Against all logic. I mean, I know in the like the, the 80s, and it's like, a they released game. games. Yeah, they released all sorts of weird shit in the 80s on the Atari, but I didn't think this would be happening now. <laughs> a racing game. Based on Neighbours, the Australian Mangle. soap opera. Yeah. Mrs. So, trying to take you out. I'm sorry. <laughs> so yeah, you have to win the race. It's a racing game. There's like three players, three yeah. characters. You're racing around uh, Ramsey Street, avoiding lots of <laughs> obstacles, which include, as Becky said in hysterics, Mrs. Mangle. Harold. Fucking bouncer the dog. Harold, Harold described Bishop. as a plump jogger. <laughs> Uh, kangaroos they weren't on neighbors no. i watched that show quite a lot uh, an emu just there's cars everywhere and as well like, helen daniels carrying a portrait of mrs mangle yeah a portrait of mrs mangle oh i will calm down in a second i'm sorry it's just there's, the there's no way to there's no way to calm down i had to i haven't processed that this exists <laughs> It felt like I was being trolled. I thought someone had made up this game exclusively for this, but no, it's a real thing. Yeah, I, yeah. So the contestant was. This was interesting because it was Neighbours actor Ashley Pask who played Matt Robinson on the show. So yeah. it's another celebrity challenge, but they're not calling it a celebrity <laughs> challenge, which is a bit cold-blooded. Yeah, I felt a bit sad for Ashley. Yeah, he was on like a very popular TV show. Yeah, I mean, this like, was the time of Charlene, so. It was really yeah. popular at this point. It was huge in the UK. Yeah. They couldn't get obviously couldn't get Kylie Minogue or like Jason Donovan at this point, <laughs> but they got you know, they got the best they could. Yeah. Dominic introduces him by saying give a moist games master welcome. Did he say moist? Yeah, he I said he said moist. That. Oh god. I think I was still coming down from the, the you know, fever dream that neighbours is a thing. <laughs> So Dominic then asks Ashley if he's uh, any good at games and something Ashley says he's not great, but he's got a video game thing at home. Yeah, as soon as he means. said that, I was like, oh, Ashley, you're so toast. You probably don't, do you? <laughs> <laughs> just, just say no, just say you don't. Like, you don't have to lie. Yeah, a video <laughs> game Dom- thing. <laughs> yeah, whatever, whatever that is. He- Dominic asks if he likes a waggle of his joystick. <laughs> Ashley, being an Australian, is well up for this crass humour. And he says, oh, yes. It's the most receptive Dominic's had a contestant be to one of his dirty jokes. To the point where I think he didn't know how to respond because he wasn't yeah, used Dominic to getting it, to like, hit back. Yeah, we'll come back to what Dominic says to Ashley later, but like he does kind of pivot away from that. Now he knows that Ashley's a bit receptive to this kind of yeah. stuff and up for it. <laughs> so Dom heads to the commentary booth, which he describes as the last pool pit to a very confused Dave Perry <laughs> who appears to be wearing the same jacket that uh, I can't remember his fucking name now Neil West he wore one for the Road Rush segment last week oh yeah <laughs> it seems like there's recycling leather jackets at this point <laughs> so Dave doesn't think uh, Ashley's gonna do particularly well it's a difficult game to control and he doesn't think Ashley's much of a skater whatever that means I can't remember enough about his character on the show 
That might have been a very clever joke. Oh yeah, me. Well, no, isn't isn't he on a skateboard in the game? Yeah, but um, he's not playing Paul Robinson in the game. He's playing uh, Jason Donovan's character. Oh. I think I'm pretty sure. Oh. There's only a select number of characters you can play, and like one of them is Jason Donovan's character. Oh, maybe Jason Donovan skateboarded in Neighbors. It's before yeah. my time, so. You know, I'll ask my mum. She watched it at this point. Actually has a delayed start and then just veers right into a fence. <laughs> Almost immediately this game just looks like fucking chaos. Yeah. <laughs> it looks mad. Like completely and utterly bonkers. Yeah, because like, I know they, they, they said there would be obstacles, but I didn't realise they were just all going to be on screen at the same time <laughs> yeah. running in different directions at you. Like, yeah. that, you can't do that. <laughs> That's not how you design a game. Are you an absolute psychopath? <laughs> Paul Robinson's car was there. There was a rogue lawnmower. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> there were traffic <laughs> cones, potholes, yeah. Mrs. Mangle. <laughs> there was a lot of kangaroos that he crashed into to the point where Dom said he was doing unmentionable things to the kangaroo. <laughs> it's like, bloody hell. And then at, at one point, uh, Dominic pointed out that Ashley was uh, coming in third place in a three-man race. Yeah. <laughs> I really great. enjoyed that. <laughs> <laughs> At one point, you ate shit against an emu. Like I, I, I'd forgotten there was going to be emus at that point. I was like, "Whoa, okay, emu." Is it? Is it? Dare we say like borderline racist for a neighbor's game? Which, so if I remember correctly, Ramsey Street is in. No, it's in Melbourne, I think. Yeah. So a city, notoriously absent of both kangaroos and emus, <laughs> like. Oh, it's 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 massively like xenophobic. Yeah. <laughs> It's like what? what what's what's like neighbours famous for? They're Australian. What's cool. Australia famous for? Kangaroos, Kangaroos and emus <laughs> and Mrs. Mangle. Mrs. Mangle. <laughs> I I genuinely love that Mrs. Mangle has been immortalised in video game form. Like that's and just mwah, chef's kiss. In two separate sprites as well. Yeah. <laughs> That that's a legacy for you. Oh, Mrs. Mangle, a legend. It's, it's it felt like they were just throwing too much. Like it just oh. felt like it was like intentionally trolling him. Like, yeah. To an aggressive extent, he didn't even get to finish his lap. Like it was done. He just smashed into things so many times. He was well it, out. It was his popularity meter ran out. Yeah, that was a weird thing. Like, why is there a popularity meter in a racing game, and why does that dictate how successful you are at racing? Yeah, because that's not how things work in soap operas either. Like, <laughs> no. I know it's a TV show, but like, and character popularity might dictate how well often they appear on the show. But this is a racing game. It doesn't make sense. No, just not let at them. All. Let them do the race. Have a time limit for if you have to. Yeah. But so fucking weird. <laughs> so bizarre. And it take, took up like such a chunk of the screen as well to get the neighbor's logo yeah. in. It was bonkers. So so yeah, poor uh, Ashley didn't complete the challenge. Talking to Dominic afterwards, he blamed everything but himself. Said it was too difficult to <laughs> control. The, the game wasn't good. Blah blah blah. And at this point, Dominic took a chance to take a bit of a dig at Neighbours. He said yeah. hey, you didn't seem to go anywhere, much like some of the storylines on Neighbours. I really loved Ashley's look to camera. Like the comic timing of that was gold. <laughs> like, yeah. Mm. <laughs> yeah. It. It. I wasn't sure how he was taking it. It seemed a little more tense. Yeah. It was like, it kind of, ha ha you fucking <laughs> kind of thing, like through gritted teeth, like he's trying to keep the, the jolly Australian thing going, but he, yeah. he was getting a little bit, there was a tension building, as yeah. I was hoping this section would be over very quickly because I just couldn't 
handle it. Yeah, I mean, he looked like that game looked so frustrating. It wouldn't surprise yes. me if he'd walked away like seething from it because it yeah. just looked hideous. <laughs> I would have rage quit long before like he did. 100%. And I've never heard an Australian say thanks a lot, mate, with such veiled disdain. <laughs> like, it was so it was an uncomfortable section like dominic i yeah. think dominic was like all right if you if you're comfortable with the jokes i'm just gonna i'm gonna go on my second gear and like take the piss out of you <laughs> yeah it's like oh dominic what are you doing so yeah that challenge was just fucking dreadful it was awful it was, it was funny <laughs> it was hilarious and chaotic but it was such a terrible way to end the show because he didn't stand a chance no there was, it was no like watching way. a massacre yeah <laughs> with emus <laughs> And who knew Harold Bishop was so threatening? It's just a lot to take on. <laughs> it's, it's, I don't enjoy watching someone be bad at a game. Like mm. I look, I like people failing. That's fine, but they're putting in an effort. I mean, yeah. obviously we watch Sasha play games on Twitch all the time, but she's got a knowing <laughs> quality to that. Like whereas this guy was was trying to win something. And yeah, just, it was uncomfortable. I didn't. It was a weird way to end the show and yeah i just felt odd about it like yeah. a weird weird use of the, the spot using an extra celebrity challenge and then they do this to him did he do something to piss off the producers yeah it was a bit weird it was a bit weird but kind of worth it to know that the neighbors game exists <laughs> yeah it was it was an experience it was, it was an education yeah yeah because i was like i was about to like message you with thoughts and i was like no i need to save this for the episode but oh my god, I just couldn't believe what I was watching. I'm never going to forget that there's a Neighbours game now. That, that feels like something. <laughs> it's life If we ever do an episode on like video game tie-ins, that's definitely coming up. Oh my god, yes. Absolutely. <laughs> I, I will find that game and play it. Just the, the Can we rage. try multiplayer it? I want to be Charlene in her sports car. <laughs> oh, fuck. So the episode was getting wrapped up and Becky, did you notice... Uh, what tea Dominic was drinking this week. I did. Tea Watch this week reveals Assam. Nice. Which, yeah. That's do, a, do you know a, anything about Assam? It's it's nice. It's it's one of the uh, regular teas, but it's got a bit more of a, a stronger flavour. So he was going for a, a bolder choice this week. Not so relaxing as his herbal efforts. But obviously that tension of the... Uh the last challenge yeah <laughs> is, is, he doesn't want to relax he's, he's riding this one out apparently <laughs> sorry <laughs> this game really has broken me <laughs> <laughs> did you notice so i know you said you don't usually watch until the end of the the credits but i was still recovering from neighbors yeah so i left it running in the background and got to the bit where they they talk about the the club and all the details and yeah. when he's giving out the number he says everyone has to dial accurately, like make sure you dial accurately. And I was like, mm. oh my God, what number is so close to the Games Master Club number that like dialing it has obviously caused an issue <laughs> because they Ooh, have to specify, yeah, they have to specify to dial it accurately. I was like, oh, there's a scandal here. <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. I'm, I'm going to actually look into that. Like... Uh, I don't know if it's happened before. But yeah, I found that intriguing. I thought I'd let you know about it. It's provoked my investigative itch now. Please let me know. That was Games Master Series 1, Episode 5. Uh, I don't know if it's just the lack of sleep from having a fussy baby lately or what, but this felt like an odd episode to me. Really it, odd. Really like odd. Relatively tame for the dirty humour, but there was a lot of bizarre sections and choices and it's just... it felt like they just kind of i don't know maybe come to kind of a weird impasse of ideas so they just kind of chucked everything at it yeah because we're halfway through the first season now, uh, first season 
call it America, the first series now, aren't we? So yeah. whether they're just like, they're at a midpoint, there's a bit of a lull, and they just kind of threw all the weird random ideas into this one episode. Because it was yeah. it tonally veering all over the place. Yeah, it, it was a weird like halfway lull, and they're just, just getting out the, the less interesting ideas so they could go out strong or something. They had to, yeah. obviously have to start strong. And they need to finish strong, but we don't have enough ideas to fill out a series, but we'll put all of our bad ideas into... In one episode, yeah. Yeah. They're not, not necessarily even bad ideas, just poorly implemented, or just, just a bad combination of them all at once. Yes. It's... Yeah. Because each section, like, DuckTales was lovely and wholesome, the snooker section was so boring, and the Neighbours Challenge was like a fever dream. So yeah. <laughs> it's just a very it was, odd... It was all over the place. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think I've got tonal whiplash quite so much as I have with that episode. And and just such a weird, like, progressively more disappointing energy about everything. <laughs> yeah. Like, just getting more and more... Started out strong and it just got more and more disappointed with every section. It's like, just leaving you feeling kind of deflated. Yeah. Oh. Hopefully next time will be more interesting and less insane. We can but hope. And less, and less snooker. Oh, definitely less snooker. Everything needs less snooker. So that's Games Master Revisited done for another week. Uh, this will be our last episode of the year. We'll be back sometime in January, so keep your eyes glued to your podcast platform of choice for that. Or you could just follow subscribers to save yourself staring at a screen for too long, whatever you <laughs> want to do with your time. Uh, make sure to leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, uh, the mobile version just for Spotify. You can get in touch with us on Twitter or Instagram at OneUpPod. That's one UPP odd. You can check out oneuppod.com for lots of written content. And you can find me on Twitter at truly underscore defective. And Becky, where can they find you? I am Becky Greasley on various things now. So that's us done with Games Master for the year, but uh, stick around on the podcast feed because there will be lots of other good content coming your way, including Near Automa- Automata. Automatos. <laughs> Near Automatos. Near Automatos. And our Game of the Year episode. It's like, I'm not doing that again. I've already done one take on it. No, I like so it. We're just, I'm just going to deal with the, the Neil. <laughs> <laughs> and in, so in the meantime, uh, don't forget to get a life and avoid those kangaroos.